Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. In today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome Leah Jewell back to the podcast. You might remember Leah from episode 30, when we talked about the future of work for teens and young adults. It's hard to believe that our conversation was three years ago. The future of work has changed dramatically in that short time, and I'm delighted that Leah agreed to come back and talk to me about this important topic. Since we last spoke, Leah has co-founded an amazing new company called Work Simpler that you will want to share with your teens and young adults. The company's mission is to connect students to paid work, and from what I've seen, they are succeeding. Leah shares all the details about Work Simpler and how students can get started. And you'll want to stay tuned until the end when Leah and I talk about AI and how it will likely impact the future of work for teens, young adults, and, well, all of us. Now let's get started. Hi, Leah. Thanks for being here again on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me back. Yes, anytime. You're always welcome. And uh, for my audience, we're recording now, but we just had a conversation that we probably should have recorded because every time we get together and start talking, we always have a lot to talk about. Um, But before we start this conversation, if you could just take a minute and introduce yourself. Uh, Sure. So my name is Leah Jewell, and I am one of the co-founders of Work Simpler, which is a company that is dedicated to getting students short-term paid gig work, freelance work, um, and helping companies offload their, you know, entry-level, entry-level work so that we can connect the dots between getting students experience and building their skills while helping companies get all of this work done that they don't have the time or the desire to do. Yeah. What a, what a great need you're filling there, both for the students and for the employers. Um, and I love that your tagline is bridging the gap between students and work because anybody who listens to me on this podcast or in all of my social media, where I get on my soapbox and start ranting, our kids, teens, young adults need work experience. They need to be in the thick of it, doing work. I mean, school's important. It's important to learn things, but it's also important to get that experience. And I love that you're providing an opportunity. So can you talk a little bit about Work Simpler? How how did it get started? Why you started it? um, And and what people can expect? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it really came out of two different things for me. You know, I was in a large corporate job doing um, employability solutions for uh, high school and college students. So I had spent, you know, spent about 30 years working with high school and college students. So I knew that they were smart and capable and motivated, most of them, uh, and able to do a lot of work. Clearly there are exceptions. And, uh, but it was hard to connect into work, right, for them. And internships were still um, for uh, the more privileged and not all paid and not always accessible to people. And they're great and they serve a function. And I'm a big fan of internships, but they're also not, they don't um, reach everybody. And, uh, and, and at the same time, when I was in this job, I also, you know, was managing a very large team and we always had tons and tons of work to do. And we, (laughs) and we never had the resources to do it. Um, But offloading the work was hard and it, you know, and it's, 
it's hard enough to find a person to do the work, but then you have all of this hassle of having to manage them to do the work and then having to scope the work. And if you don't scope the work well, it's not going to be done the way you want it to get done. And it's probably going to be worse than when you started. And then you have all the administrative stuff of getting people paid. So when I left my big corporate job, I was like, I'm so passionate about this space, same as you, you know, connecting students to work that I thought there's got to be a way to solve both of these problems. And so uh, my co-founder and I set out to sort of unpack, you know, all of the challenges on the on the employer side, <clears throat> what keeps people from offloading work? And then what what can we do to take advantage of students in a way that they that, that they're not being connected to work today? And we wanted to also, you know, connect in with students who were starting like as freshmen in college, because, you know, as you know, most job opportunities are and internships in particular are when you're a junior or a senior or even after you've graduated, interestingly enough. And um, and over the last couple of years, we've also opened up work simpler to high school students because high school students have the same, you know, the same issue. They've got to get some experience and they've got to start to build some of these skills. And so, uh, so we've also opened up work simpler to high school students. I love that you opened it to high school students. Um, and my feed, of course, is all filled with the kinds of things that parents are saying. So I can't get my kid a part-time job or how do my, how does my kid get a summer job? Or even my, how does my college kid get a job or an internship? And it's, the problem is real and widespread. And it's interesting to me because, you know, we keep hearing about all the worker shortages, but there's still all of these very capable, in some cases, very motivated students or young adults that really want to work. So this is a great opportunity. And I've been promoting Work Simpler on my social for for a while now, and I'm going to keep doing it because people haven't heard about it. Well, I shouldn't say people haven't heard about it. The parents that I've talked to haven't heard about it. So I think it's just a matter of them, of awareness, right? Um, how many How many employers roughly and how many students do you have involved right now? Well, we have thousands of students that are on the platform right now, and probably about um, you know half of them are high school students. So just have come oh. to us in the last few months, which is which is you know tells you that there's a <laughs> there's a pent up bud need and demand for high school students. Yeah. Um, but we have it's all U.S. students. They're all from you know probably over 300 colleges and universities all across the country. Um, primarily come to us who were word of mouth and schools recommend us and friends and family and parents and other students because um, they love it. It's flexible work. It's short term because they most of them can't commit to long periods of time. Right. But they can commit to like a two week sprint, you know, right. and um, <clears throat> they can commit to about 10 hours a week, you know, over a two week period of time, that kind of a thing. And we do that on purpose. Like we break down the work into these small chunks, these small sprints for students, because it's that's what they're able to manage. That's what they're able to fit in. And it's when you have to commit to something much longer that it becomes much harder for them. But um, it's uh, it's 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 fascinating. I do say to students who join Work Simpler that we're not going to be. Um, a consistent steady stream of income for people. We're, we're, we're lining up freelance gig work for them. And one of the things that's interesting about that is that uh, the freelance economy is growing by leaps and bounds, was going to continue to grow. And, uh, and this is actually an interesting way for 
people in high school and college to, you know, get a taste of, well, what, what's that like? You know, when I do, when I make money project by project, you know, and I piece things together. And, uh, and so what we say to them is, you know, look, we're not going to be a steady stream of income, but we will reach out to you when we've got stuff that's of interest. And then you can say yes or no, if you want to do the work and, you know, and it's a way for them to build skills and, uh, you know, make some extra money. Yeah. And build skills that aren't, that they're not going to get, you know, working in a restaurant or um, scooping ice cream. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with those jobs, but it's a different skill set that they're going to build on project work with you, right? Like Google workspace and, and data entry and things like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much focus on, you know, things like data entry and cleansing and online research and, uh, uh, sales qualification and user testing and things like that, all all of which would take advantage of skills that that students have today, but maybe have not had a chance to really use them or develop them in any particular way. And then we monitor them and we manage their work, right? Because the you know they're new. A lot of them are new. You know, when you get people that are fresh, when you get people that are in high school or freshman or sophomore in college, it's possible that they haven't ever done any type of work. So we provide um, the sort of the 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 you know a, 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 literally a person who is managing their work is making sure the work is on time. It's it's comprehensive. It's thorough. <clears throat> it's accurate. And we're there to answer their questions. So if they're having issues, they're having problems, or, they, or they're falling behind in terms of the deadlines that we meet, we're there to sort of give them proactive <laughs> guidance and feedback along the way, because we also know that, you know, for most people, you can't, it's hard to just sort of throw something at them and then say, hey, okay, go back, come back and tell us when you're done. You've got to provide some sort of foundation and support for that work. And so one of the things that's part of our mission is to really give students that that support that they need and encouragement and confidence, help them build the confidence to say, no, look, you have the skills, you know how to do this. Look, you finished that, you finished that project. That was great work, you know, and we're giving them that sort of reinforcement. And if they're having trouble, we oftentimes we will move them out of the work and we won't move them out of the off of the platform, but we'll, you know, we'll give them some guidance and feedback to make sure that they understand, okay, this is what we need the next time you come back in. Okay. What a great opportunity and, and great experience to put on a resume or a college application. Um, I love that. And how are employers responding? Well, employers, every employer that has come to us has come back to us for more work. So uh, that says something to us, right? It says that the, that the students are doing a good job. Um, employers like coming, like uh, working with Work Simpler for a, a few different reasons. One is because we really, um, we take care of all the stuff that's a pain in the butt for, for employers, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, finding the talent is one piece of the puzzle, but in some ways it's actually not the hardest piece. The harder pieces are scoping the work. So we help the employers scope the work. Um, and that makes it sure that we're going to give them something that they need on the back end. And then we manage the work for them because the last thing you want to do, if you are an employer trying to offload your work and, and get somebody else to take it on is to offload it and then manage 20 students to do that work daily. Uh, No, thank you. If I'm an (laughs) employer, I do not want to do that. I just want you to get my work done and I want to make sure it's done well, but I I don't want to, I don't want to manage it day to day. Right. 
And so we do that. And these were all things that came out of my experience when I was in my corporate job, because I had set up a, like a virtual internship program at, at this company and everybody was so excited. They were like, oh my God, this is great. This is great. And then nobody took advantage of it. And so when I left, I thought, what, why is that? Like, why? Here's this, here's this, this talent pool. They're going to be able to come and I was going to broker the whole thing. And yet nobody. And so I, you know, was taking advantage of it. So I, so I had to sort of take a step back to think like, why are people not doing this? Right. And even though they were small projects and I was like, and it was like, I was funding it at that time too. I was saying, Hey, if you've got work, I'll pay to get it done. Just go through the, and they still didn't do it. So that's what got me really thinking about this. Like, okay, there's more to it than just, I need somebody to do my work. There's, there are all these other steps. And then we pay, and then we pay the students because paying the students when you're an employer for short-term projects is a, is a pain. You've got to get them into the system. You've got to track the paperwork. You've got to get the 1099 forms. And at some point, if you're an employer, you go, this is just, I'm either not going to do the work or I'm going to do it myself, or like, it's just going to keep going down to the bottom of my list. And we say, look, we get, we're going to take all of that away to make it so easy for you to offload your work. And then we're going to take that work and break it down into small chunks. So you don't have, you don't have to, and then we're going to populate the work with however many students we think we need to do it. Could be, could be two students, could be a hundred. So we have some pieces of work where we will have 60 students, a hundred students working on the same piece of work so that we can get the work done faster for the employer but it breaks that work down into smaller chunks for the student. So it's more manageable for the student to do. Wow. You have an army. Yeah. We have, we have an, uh, it's an, always say it's our, your on demand, your on demand workforce. And yeah. when you typically do freelancing, if you're at a company, you think about marketplaces like an Upwork or a Fiverr. And you know, in those instances, you're going someplace to get one, you're trying to find one person to do something. Right. Right. And then, by the way, anybody that's ever gone to those platforms and there are pros and cons to those platforms, they um, uh, they're they're it's, it's a lot more time than you think it's mm-hmm. going to be. <clears throat> right. Yep. Yes. I now have access to 500 designers, all with five stars. But now I have to figure out which one I've got to understand all their packages. I've got to communicate with them there. And it's all online. I can't talk to anybody. Right. So yeah. it just. It, it, it's way harder than you think. It takes more time, but what, and you're only going to get one person right out of that. So what we do is say, tell us the work we're going to help you scope it. And now we will put the army of people together to do it. And we'll manage that army for you so that you don't have to worry about it. So it's a win-win for everybody. So employers love us because of that. We make it easy. And then as a side note, really employers love the idea of helping students. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, it, the re- the reason they don't do more of it is because it's hard. Yeah, it's not because they don't see the value of it, um, and 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 the thought that we can bring to the table a very diverse workforce because we're open to anybody, any school, any degree, any level. We get we get rid of all the hurdles. You don't. There's no resume required. Why? Because. If you have a resume, that's a hurdle. How do I how do I have a resume if I don't have work experience? 
<laughs> right? right? Right. So we're the people that are going to give you work experience to get to put it on your resume, right? And so so employers love the idea of helping to build their talent pipeline of the future, right? right? They know that that's important. It's just, it's hard for them to reach them, manage them, pay them, offload the work. It's, there's no easy way for them to do it. So that's what we strive to do. It's so much value for employers. Like they should be knocking down your door right now. Employers. Yes. Knock down their door. Yes. I agree. I agree. (laughs) And we'll be right back. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it, because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week, wherever you get your podcasts. After a quick break. So if there's no resume, what's the the application or vetting process like for students? So we thought long and hard about this too, because um, you do need, you do want some sort of vetting, right? You need, you mm-hmm. need to have some sort of uh, way to judge and evaluate, I would argue, almost even just somebody's motivation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And signing up on a website is part, part, part motivation, but not a lot of motivation. It doesn't take a lot of motivation to do that. But the way we do it at Work Simpler is any student who's interested, they go and they go to the website, um, which is worksimpler.com. It's S-I-M-P-L-R because you have to take out all some sort of vowel if you're a startup. <laughs> you have to. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so they go to worksimpler.com and they just click on sign up. I'm a student and they register and that prompts them to set up a 10 minute chat with us. And we call it a chat because it's chat. We're not interviewing them. We just want to get to know you. We just want to, we just want to, you know, why are you here? What is interesting to you about work simpler? Um, What, what do you think you do well? And how would you describe your work ethic, right? Like how do other people describe you? Those kinds of things, right? We're just trying to get a sense of who you are. Why are you here? What are you looking to do? Um, and then <clears throat> answer their questions about work simpler, right? Do you have questions? Do you, you know, what, what's on your mind? How are you thinking about this? And based on that, we're able to get them into the system as a vetted, you know, candidate and a person for us to reach out to. So for 10 minutes, they qualify for work for as long as they're in school. So if you start in high school, you qualify for the whole time you're in high school and in college. If you start when you're a freshman in college, we keep you in the system for the whole time you're in school and we will reach out to you because here's the other thing that we um, were really trying to get rid of when we were forming Work Simpler was what is primarily out there for students today are job boards. Right. Right. And they're, they're great and I love them and, you know, and we need them, but job boards are time consuming for students. They require you to still have to send, create a resume, send it in, hope that you hear back from somebody, do an interview, maybe do another interview, all of these kinds of things, even for short-term work, even for short-term 
projects, you still, you, there's a process on job boards like that. Right. <clears throat> and, um, and that's a deterrent for mm-hmm. students and it's yeah. hard and it's especially hard again, if you don't have any work experience. Right. So how am I going to compete now? Now I've got 20, 30 other people or 50 or a hundred or 200 people yeah. all applying for hundreds, this, for hundreds this lately. Yeah. yeah. Hundreds for this one thing. So what am I going to do? So we said, yeah, you know what? The, 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 we're not going to guarantee that you're going to get work all the time or that it's going to be a consistent steady stream, but we're going to eliminate all that crap for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so we'll reach out to you when we've got something. And you can forget about us. We will not forget about you, but you, we, we will reach out to you when we have something. And then you can say yes or no to the work because we know that if we can't guarantee, we, if we can't guarantee them when we're going to reach out, we know that the work may come at a bad time. Maybe they're in finals. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're on vacation. Maybe they don't like the project, mm. right? Okay. No problem. Say no. There's no penalty for saying no. We would way rather have somebody say no than say yes and then not do a good job. Right, right. What it sounds like ideal for students. We built it for students. We 100% built it for students. And then we worked our way back and built it for employers, right? Mm-hmm. Because we were like, no, no, no. We know we know both sides of this equation. They both of these things need to happen for this to for this connection to work. And don't get me wrong, I, you know, I, you know me. I'm still a fan of all internships, all work, any type of work. I'm, you know, we're just additional. We're 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 extra stuff for students. Is how I look at it. Another way for students to get some experience and some money. Yeah, but you're approaching it in a way that no one else, as far as I know, has approached it before, and I think that makes a huge difference. I also think what you're doing will make students feel valuable and appreciated and confident. I can't tell you the number of of young people I speak to, mostly college students and, and recent grads, that feel so dejected and beaten down by the process. Like I've sent out a hundred resumes. I don't even get an email back. Or I've been on three interviews and then they ghosted me. I mean, the way that some of them are being treated, I'm not saying all of them, but some of them, I mean, what kind of picture are you painting for them of, of the career world, right? Like you're basically saying we don't care about people. Sorry, I, this is a bee in my bonnet. But Yeah, I no, I, I completely agree with you. And, and the, actually the sad part is it, that exact scenario remains true even when you're an adult and yeah. applying for jobs in the workforce. I mean, yeah. it doesn't get any better, but when no. you're starting out and that's your experience, I mean, that's, it's, it's frustrating no matter when it is, but when you're new and you're beginning your career journey, I mean, I, it, it takes a, it's, it takes a toll. I mean, it's, and it, and it's a real um, blow to your, to blow. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and it's one of the reasons why we've, stayed really true to this idea of the 10 minute chat with a real human being, because mm-hmm. we want to build, we want to you to feel good about yourself. When you get done with that chat, we want you to, we want you to know you do have skills. 
you may not know you have skills, but you have skills. You may not, you know, and that, hey, certain things that you're going to say, those are things that are valuable. You know, when you tell me in a chat, I get my work done on time. Thank you. You get your work. Is that how you people describe you? I love you. Right. You know, those are things that are, we, we want you to feel good at the end of that chat because mm-hmm. you should feel good, right? Yeah. You should feel yeah. good about it. It doesn't mean I'm going to guarantee that you're going to end up with paid work for me, but we have students that say, I got, I got as much out of the 10 minute chat as I did out of anything else because I came away with a little bit of better understanding of, okay, how am I going to articulate my skills? What is it? It's in, in many instances, it's almost their first time in a, in a formal conversation with a person, right? With a, I mean, I don't want to say hiring manager, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. And so here's some practice for them too, right? And so we do not take any of that for granted because we know that the, that, that, that kind of practice is invaluable. That is, I, as soon as you said the words articulate their skills, it just rang a bell for me because when I coach uh, college kids, p- particularly, I, we we talk a lot about that. You have all these skills, you've learned so much, but translating that or articulating that to an employer is so incredibly difficult because there's nobody coaching you or helping you how to do that. So the fact that you're spending time helping them do that in your chat to your point, if they never work for you, it's that's worth it. A 10 minute chat free is worth it alone. Yeah. And your 10 minutes, your 10 minutes to, to put you in a system to qualify for work for as long as you're in school, that's the best 10 minutes you will ever spend in your entire life. I mean, for even sure. if you get one project for $400, I mean, right. 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 Let right. alone more. And so, yeah, that. You know, we've definitely had people say, oh, you can't really, you know, you shouldn't keep doing the chats. And we're kind of like, no, we, you know, we believe in the chats. The chats are important. Um, it's it's a service. It's valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, we also at the end of projects, when students do the work with us, we will also help them articulate um, how to how to put put that work on a resume. So we'll say to them, here's how you should sort of reference, you know, this work when you do go to put it on your resume, because they also don't really know how to do that. Okay. Do they know the uh, business that they're working for or is that all kind of veiled? Yeah, no, no, no. Almost on almost every instance, they'll know that we want them to know the company that they're doing work for, even though they're not physically interacting with anybody at that company. We want them to know that who they're doing the work for. Of, of only under very rare circumstances do we have companies that want to remain confidential, and they have whatever yeah. they have their own reasons for that. But mostly, um, yeah, we absolutely tell them. We'll say, "Hey, this is who you're doing the work for. This is why you're doing the work. This is why it's important. This is how they're going to use this information, <clears throat> and this is this is how long we think it's going to take you to do it. This is exactly what you need to do, et cetera. Oh, fantastic. I love that you keep the human element involved too, the chat, because as we talked about earlier, AI is seeping into every crack and crevice of everything we do. And who knows in a year or six months or five years what it's going to look like, right? So let's talk about that as far as the future of work, because when you were on the 
the podcast a long time ago, we did talk about the future of work and and how young people could be prepared and and get ready for that. Well, now the landscape has changed so drastically. It's almost a different conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, this is what you and I were sort of, you know, uh, talking about right before we we hopped on. And it, it's it's something that absolutely consumes my, you know, my thinking every, every minute of the day these days. And I think it's, um, you know, I mean, it's like what a lot of people say. There's going to be a lot of great stuff that comes out of it. And then there's going to be kind of a lot of scary stuff that comes out of it or the repercussions of it or have the potential to, you know, be have pros and cons. And, you know, independent of how AI impacts schools and education, and I think, and it will in a major way, obviously, I think a lot about it in terms of jobs. And, you know, I'm not one of these um, doomsday people that says, oh, all the jobs are going to go away. No, I don't think they're they're not going to go away. They're going to change. They're going to be different, just like every technological wave has come in and, you know, certain jobs go away and some jobs come back, some and new jobs get formed. But one of the things that I've really been thinking about is, you know, you have these entry level jobs and, and if AI comes in to take over uh, what appears to be a lot of traditional entry level jobs and the jobs that are left are jobs like, Hey, don't gather the data, but analyze the data or um, <clears throat> don't make the initial sales call, make the, make make the third tier sales call that, that that's much more sophisticated right or or uh, don't be the entry level customer service person because that's all AI but be the 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 second tier customer service person who's got to deal with the you know really complex situation right or angry customer right and I think that, you know, so clearly we're all, we're going to need those jobs and we're clearly, you know, the human skills are going to become more and more important. I mean, that's every, everyone talks about that with AI, right? You've got to, it's, you know, that AIs can do all of this stuff with the data and information, but how do you analyze it and how do you think creatively about it, et cetera, are all going to be things that, that, that humans are going to need to be able to, to do. But if you're a student and you're coming out of school and you're, or you're in school and you're, you're graduating from school and those entry level jobs are done by AI, then how do you, then what are your jobs? You know, what are the jobs that are left for you? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that people can, you know, in college or, or even when you graduate, go straight into that next, that, that third tier level job, right? I mean, right. you're not going to go straight into, oh, I'm going to be the person who's analyzing all of the data. Well, you know, I don't know. Can you analyze all the data? Is that something you can do? You know, <clears throat> hey, I'm going to be the third tier customer support person. Well, really, do you can can you do that if you haven't <laughs> ever had the done the first tier? Because you know, I don't know. You know, I mean, obviously these things will evolve, but it does make me wonder. For you know, I have a kid in college. You know, like wow, what is that? What is that landscape going to look like for somebody who still is building their skills? Who still, especially their their human, their power skills, their soft skills, their human skills, whatever you want to call them. Right. Well, and yeah, because on top of that, they're not getting the work experience in college, 
right? Because we, we've been talking about that, how hard it is to get college kids hired, even for a summer job or an internship. So, and now they're going to graduate not having the experience and have to start a level or two higher, potentially. It, it It's an uphill climb for these poor kids. I feel for them. And colleges, you know, don't move at the speed of light. So I don't expect to see an adjustment in what's being taught or how career services are being administered at the college level. And that's not a criticism. That's just an observation. Yeah. 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 It's not that they're not capable, but they, but the right. way they're structured, it, it's hard to move fast. You know, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. there are lots of things that keep them from moving quickly. Right. And yet we're in this period of time where moving quickly is, you know, going to be the utmost importance, but, but yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting to see, right. How does this, how does this play out? And more importantly, how do we sort of get out in front of it enough that we can start to help people prepare for that? Because, <clears throat> you know, if, if the, if the new role, if one of the new roles is going to be, you know, prompt manager. You know, I read that the other day. It's right? called prompt engineer. Prompt engineer. Thank you. It sounds even, <laughs> sounds even harder. I know. I'm like, really? That's a job? How yeah. do you prepare for that? Right. Right. Exactly. Right. And I think I've read something that said something that you might make like $300,000 being a prompt engineer, which I thought, damn, that sounds pretty good. But Sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. But you know, if prompt engineer is going to be, well, okay, who's preparing people to be a prompt engineer? And by the way, if they get paid that much money, uh, this, it's, there's probably a level of expertise involved in that, right? So yeah. is there, is there such a thing as an entry level prompt engineer? You know, can you start out, can you start out doing that right out of school? You know, or what do schools have to do to get people prepared for those kinds of things? Those are, you know, I, I mean, those are just big questions. I'm worried for my own son who graduates a year from now, right? So yeah. this is not, we're not talking the distant no, future, no. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a computer science freshman, just finished freshman year in college. And you know, computer science is going to feel the impact for right. sure. Yeah. And who, I mean, his plans might look completely different by the time he graduates, because they might have to. But, you know, this makes me think that we, the collective we, should be encouraging and helping these, I keep calling them kids, but students, to do be doing their own research and doing their own skill development, especially around AI now while they're in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't ban it. Don't shy away from it, right? I right. mean, we're going to have to, we're going to live in a world where <clears throat> this is going to be prevalent, right? So let's let's have students, you know, be in it. What, how are they using it? What, what is working? What isn't working? You know, how, what, what are the things that they should be looking out for? You know, and I think, I think there are certain times where the, where the reaction is, okay, well, we're just going to not do this at all. You know, we're going to ban it. We're not going to do it. And I sit there and I think, Hey, if prompt engineer is going to be a job, then let's have them start to figure out how to write good prompts. Right. When they're in school and, you know, and then figure out how to evaluate their work and their skills, you know, in different ways than we do it today. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but, 
but but yeah, the more I think that they do work with it, the better. I mean, I, I was I was saying to you too that it you know for a while bef- before just even the last six months when AI is really blown blown up the. The consensus was, well, you know, all the all the creative jobs will still be out there. You know, you'll all the creative jobs. You know, in fact, those those are the people that are really going to still be good. And I was I was telling you that I saw on Twitter the other day that the 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 Museum of Modern Art put up like four pictures of a Georgia O'Keeffe painting and said only one of these is a real Georgia O'Keeffe, and the other three are all done by AI. And I could would not have been able to tell the tell you which one was the real one. And I just thought like, wow, if that kind of creative work can be done with a machine today, that, that also just says that the creative work is going to look different. It's going to feel different. And, and so what does that mean for people who are like, okay, well, good. In the age of robots and computers, my creativity is really going to, is really going to make a difference. Right. But now what does that look like? Yeah. And it keeps, it's almost snowballing or it just keeps changing and evolving. Right. Cause the chat GPT that we knew, we knew when it first came out, is completely different now, right? It just keeps evolving. Because I was listening to an interview the other day and they were talking about it and somebody said, well, what do you think about this? Or tell us your expert opinion. He's like, I'm not an expert. Nobody's an expert because next week I'll tell you something different. So yeah, I'm not an alarmist, the sky is falling kind of person either, but I feel like the pace at which it's moving and the impacts that it could have will be significant for for our kids in college and, and high school. I mean, think about that too. Where five years from now, where those kids are going to be and what it's going to look like. In some ways, I'm fascinated and excited by it. In other ways, I'm terrified by it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. It is this, it is this really interesting point where we do seem to be moving faster than we've ever moved before because it's mm-hmm. just, because it's just changing so quickly, and. It's hard to, it's just, you know, obviously nobody can predict the future and what it's going to look like. But <clears throat> if you're a student and you're coming out of high school, gosh, I don't know. I would really, you know, I, I and you know me, I'm a, I'm a fan of higher ed. I believe, I still believe in higher ed, even though, oh, they let me down many times. But <laughs> yep. I think that, you know, and certainly as of, you know, a week ago, it still pays off to go get a college degree of some sort. But um, I can't remember if we talked about this in the last podcast, but even a few years ago, you know, you have companies that were going and recruiting students in the technology sector out of high school because they yeah. were saying it's 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 changing too fast. Come and work for us. We'll train you mm-hmm. and then we'll give you the education and whatever that you're going to need along the way. But but hey, going and spending two years, four years, whatever at a higher ed institution is maybe not going to, is not necessarily going to be the payoff that you're, that you're looking for. And so I do think a lot of that stuff is going to, it, it, I think it's going to start to change how people evaluate what those choices and those options look like. Hmm. So what's the, what's the advice, any thoughts or tips for parents of, of teens or young adults who, who are in this boat? Um, well, I will, my general piece of advice is that, is that any type of work experience is good work experience. Agreed. 
Um, I mean, I don't really ascribe to that some work is that radically much better than other work, especially when you're in school, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you you are working at a fast food joint, if you're delivering, you know, pizzas, if you're working at a hotel, if you're in hospitality, whatever, it, you know, the fact that somebody that you have to show up, do, do work, do good work. And, you know, and though that, 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 that's invaluable. Mm -hmm. And people that, that um, poo poo some of that kind of stuff, I think they're just missing the boat. I mean, gosh, when I was a hiring manager, I looked for people who worked when they were in high school. I looked for people who worked when they were in college and I didn't care what the work was because I just knew that if you had to show up and you had to get something done and even if, and if it was nasty work, even almost even better. Right. Because I knew, well, good, this work's not going to be as bad as that work. Right. But it just shows you build, you build skills, you build whether you think you are or not, you are building skills. And, and for people that kind of say, you know what, I'd, I'd rather have my, um, you know, kid do a bunch of extracurriculars as opposed to doing work. I go, don't make those things mutually exclusive. Like, see if you can, yes, I love extracurriculars, do extracurriculars, but if you can, if you can get like a part-time job in there and you can do that, you're going to learn so much. In addition to just building out your network, building out, you know, starting to build out your resume. And I, and so I'm just a big fan of that. And even in the age of AI, right, the more that you can just be out there experiencing what is happening, oh, you know, how is it impacting the work that's being done, that that is going to be hugely beneficial to people. Great advice. As always, wisdom from Leah Jewell. Ugh, I, you and I could talk for hours, but I know you have lots of work to do. Getting getting kids jobs, so I don't want to stand in the way of that. <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate all you do as well to um, fight the good fight on all the different yeah. fronts in terms of having these conversations, letting people know about all the great stuff that's out there. Um, and work simpler is all, is one of many many things you know that that, that are available for people. But um, you know your your platform and your passion and energy around this space is contagious, and so thank you so much for all that you do as well. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. So people should go to the website worksimpler.com. Yep. And are you are you guys on social or? Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we yeah we have um, Instagram work simpler, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook work simpler, Twitter work simpler. It's okay. all yeah. It's all we're all over the place. Okay, great. We will put those links in the show notes. And thank you so so much for coming back again. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Huge thanks to Leah Jewell for coming back to the podcast again to talk about such an interesting and worthwhile topic. Getting our kids hired and exposing them to work both now and in the future is so important for their success. As we've heard before, it takes a village, and that rings true, especially now. We need employers and higher ed institutions to step up to the plate and provide more access to valuable work experiences for our kids. Yes, a college degree is still valuable, but as we continue to watch the world of work change around us at an increasingly rapid pace, 
It's our responsibility to make sure that the next generation is prepared to succeed. Parents, I encourage you to share this episode with your teens and young adults. And I encourage them to take a few minutes to sign up with Work Simpler. It couldn't be easier for them to get into the pool of workers and be in the queue for project work. Paid project work that will give them fantastic experience to include on their resume. And as for AI, like it or not, it's here and it's not going anywhere. So if you or your student feel out of the loop, I recommend becoming familiar with ChatGPT and generative AI. A simple Google search will provide you with a plethora of information. It might be a bit overwhelming at first, but stick with it. Remember the early days of the internet? We were all a bit lost and confused at first, but we got there eventually, and look at us now. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I truly appreciate you listening, and I welcome your feedback on today's show and suggestions for future episodes. All links and references can be found in the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com. Please take a minute and give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Your review will help other people find this show. That's it for now. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.